What's up, everybody? Welcome to Squaring Around. We got a jam-packed show for you today. I'm Jacob Rodriguez. That's Andrew Zimmel, Texas State Sports Press. This is actually kind of a vintage show that we have lined up today, meaning I actually did my job as a producer and did a lineup and uh, have a run sheet ready to go for Andrew and I to just riff on all day. But first, Andrew. On the last episode of Squaring Around. Uh, if Texas State starts winning, a lot of these conversations become moot. I don't know if they do. And I'm gonna I'm gonna disagree with you there because I think that the Texas State fan base is in part teachers, right? Like I think that's the biggest export Texas State has, which is not you know we we know how that goes. Not a lot of like money to give and uh, losers. Like we don't have a ton of people out here that are making Valero money. Uh, so maybe you're right. Maybe a bunch of us can give a hundred bucks. But UTSA in San Antonio, it's it's a tough one. <laughs> Andrew Zimmel, repent for your sins. Look, was that clip taken out of context? Maybe, right? I do think that there is something to be said. Not, I'm not saying everybody that graduates from Texas State is a, a, a teacher and a loser, and those are not synonymous. Um, it's just that we don't have the money that some of these other places do. We don't have like a big time booster giving money back. And if you are somebody who is graduated from Texas State and is making a bunch of money in tech or construction or whatever and you're not giving it back well then i hate to inform you but you are a loser but thank you boko for for making this uh making this uh, appearance on the show i i appreciate it tired of winning the tailgate but losing the games we can't help that But we can tell you what the hell is up with each team and what's going on across sunny San Marcos. Texas State fans, get on your feet. You're listening to Squaring Around with Jacob Rodriguez and Andrew Zimmel. (laughs) The point stands up that, like, Texas State does not have the amount of big money boosters that these other places do now that in part could be because the football program has struggled and there's guys who are sitting on a lot of money that do not want to give it back we've seen now that a new administration a new athletic director a new head coach you have a lot of money that's coming out of the woodworks a little bit so i'm hoping that that's the case but the point stands there's no dell that is you know at texas state there there's no tesla i even though i imagine that jacob would happily give elon a honorary degree there's no joe rogan right there's there's nobody that's hanging out here making a ton of money to give back to the bobcats i think it's just a matter of time before somebody comes out and goes ah here's uh texas a&m university qatar but for texas state where would you want it where would you want uh, a texas state filter school but in a blood country Mm. I guess if we could work something out with uh, the Blood Diamond Co., you know, mm, mm, get a discount on okay. those Texas State rings. Got you. I still got don't have you. one, actually. So, yeah. put it put Texas State and have like a, a major in cobalt cobalt mining. <laughs> yeah, lithium and cobalt mining. Yeah, part. I mean, I, I I was always saying Texas State Beijing has a nice ring to it. Texas State Beijing. Chairman Zimmel, dude. That's what they called me in college, Chairman Zimmel. Did you see that even the football team shit on me this week by putting out they had 51 signees? It's not if you do the math correctly, it's 51. Whatever. Hey, in my defense, they also 
committed a long snapper. Whose fault is that? I'm not signing these kids. Oh, no. And I, I do think that it's funny that there is like a tongue in cheek thing going on here between literally everybody in the media and you. And it, maybe it isn't. Maybe they just don't even know that you exist. And they are just consistently just putting out the 51. There are 51 signees because I've not only seen it from our friends over at uh, the Austin American Statesman. I saw it at the Daily Record. Uh, our, our guys, I'm pretty sure, at uh, Dave Campbell have said, too, it's 51 signees. And the funny thing is, is, I don't think you were off. I think you said 52, right? Yeah, it was like by one. So it's either yeah. Carson Kaiser. And then because I wanted to make myself feel better, I just added the long snapper to my own list. And so I was like 52. <laughs> so Yeah, so I, I don't think that yeah. there's any big problem there. Potato, potato. But all of those guys are officially signed. I had been pretty reluctant to say, these are Bobcats. This is the face of our new team. TJ Finley in that group. So it's kind of like, you know, I don't know. All of these guys could have been... I mean, we're definitely fielding offers the entire time, right? Wouldn't you think so in this day and age? Probably, but here's my question. So you are you more reluctant to call a T-shirt fan a Bobcat fan or a commit a, t- a Bobcat? What, what are you more reluctant? Well, these guys actually go to the school. so Okay. Actually, they are on payroll from the university. So. <laughs> they're scholarship. No, no, they're not all scholarship, though. Uh, yeah, most of them, though. Most of them. All right. Okay. All right. Yeah. I don't know if. I think Adrian was right. Like, I don't know if Carson Kaiser was a scholarship player or not. But 100% sure the, the long snapper I added to the list out of spite was not a scholarship player. Have you seen those? I mentioned this, I guess, earlier. But the scholarship players being long snappers or just being a long snapper is such a thing, like, in the TikTok world. Like, just me trying to get my shot. Like, I've seen so many TikToks of that. Like just trying to, or when these guys first got onto campus, the Take Back Texas crew, DJ Kinney's coaching staff, like one of the first like uh, videos posted under all these guys, like, you know, Take Back Texas, who should we be watching? We're long snappers, <laughs> the most active uh, player base in maybe high school football. Let me ask you, long snapper or kicker, which one's more annoying? Uh, I don't know. I've been advocating you to add uh, punters specifically into our fantasy league for like two years now. So I I think that kickers are more annoying because they can lose you games, even though long snappers are the ones that are putting the ball on the tee, essentially, like they're the one that's getting it back there. So a bad long snap could end up being a bad kicker. And I'll tell you, a death threat to a kicker, very common in today's world, a death death, uh, note to a long snapper, an anomaly. So maybe a safer profession being a long snapper. And then you have like the other end of it too, like the Dick or the Kickers or Tyler Bass, who we love too. Mm. Also a Sunbelt guy. But Big Tyler Bass fan. What happened to that? Huh? Whatever happened to Dick or the Kicker? He's bouncing around. I think he's on the Chargers last time I checked. I picked him up in another fantasy league. It was uh, the bottom of the barrel. I was an expansion team and I had to pick up some guys. So Dick or the Kicker, welcome to... uh, to Calvin Ridley's bookies. <laughs> well, you're now the defending champion in that uh, adult fantasy league that we're a part of. Uh, Hell yeah, brother. Year, I think, that we're doing it. And I finally found my name. I did this right before we got on recording here. It's Zimmel's Asterix. Ah. <laughs> That's pretty good. Pretty good. Oh, I guess I should make it a Z instead of an A. Whatever. That's a sidebar. Asterix. Asterix, exactly. So shout out Texas State for putting a ring on it. Um, kickoff for the UTSA game is officially set for, what is it, 2.30 on a Saturday. So tickets on sale now for the away game. They announced Not that. A bad, 
Chicken and Pickle in San Antonio, where DJ Kenny was making one of his mini store, uh, tour stops. Also, Chicken and Pickle, I mentioned this, I think, on another ROF podcast that we did, but that's where Texas was, A&M was, UTSA. All of their like coaches' nights out, basically, were at Chicken and Pickle because it's a gigantic place, and Pickleball's very in. Dak Prescott has a Pickleball team now. I, I yeah, Andrew Zimmel, pickleball expert over here. I wrote about the uh, the pickleball boom uh, for the Austonia. One of those articles that just never made publication. One so of those did things. You I don't really know. Write about it if it never came out. If it never came out, I spent a, a Saturday morning over there doing interviews for two and a half, three hours. But it's one of those things. I don't know. You see, you you are on the the upper side of management. You've never had this problem. But there's a couple of articles. That just they you write them and then they just disappear uh, and they just. Oh, never... I had that same experience too. Even as a manager, the other reason that I didn't like have it fully expressed was because I have the keys to the website. Yeah, they just kind of disappear. It's like what's so where'd that go? You know what I mean? Like I wrote it. I Part remember the I'd been the editor in chief. You know, I've written a bunch of articles. Start off as an opinions columnist at the Star and uh, had some dumbass takes. So when I became the editor, delete. <laughs> wow is this you admitting that you censored yourself that you cleaned it up wow like, so stupid i do not want this reflected on my uh bio that, i mean good for you man I, it's wild that in 2016 it's just like when you gotta develop wall. takes you know you have like maybe 20 mm. fully baked in when you're a columnist and you're like i can do this all day you get to that 20th week and you're like shit you're uh, like does texas state need more parking I don't Maybe have life experience for this, which is why I've kind of always advocated that opinions columnists, at least at the collegiate level, be like seniors or juniors, maybe non-traditional students, you know, have some life experience so you can have some perspective for all that. But I was a freshman writing about these nuanced topics that I, you know, I think I wrote about immigration for like four or five weeks. So I was like kind of running out of things to say here, everybody. Yeah, but you, you always had the, I will always say, Texas State opinion columnists, the one that I will never forget is the pave over the football field. We need parking. <laughs> yeah. Football field stinks. Pave over it. We need more parking. That's a, that's a take. That's a put your chest on it. I'm here for it take. I love those. Dude. Anyway, pickleball, pickle, pickle and pickle. Yeah. I was going to say, I was like, this is good. You know, this is a good time to remind people that we are always looking, because we talked to Craven last week. We're always looking for sponsors for the podcast. So if Chicken Pickle would like to be a sponsor on the uh, Square and Run podcast, we are always looking. We're hey, always yo. looking. Yeah, Email. yeah, yeah. Craven for letting us dissect some of the weeds on our own format, basically. <laughs> Pretty much. So what are we allowed to say? What are we allowed to do over here? To say? We've never What's really it? talked to them about anything. So, you know, I mean, that's our first podcast with a DCTF crew member, too, technically. I guess, uh, what is that, appeared? I guess yeah. for uh, Tepper and his show, that's a big yeah. real show. That is that's a real that's a real show, and the, the photo that they used is you when you were twelve years old. So I didn't really understand. They I don't know. How, did I ever tell you this? I don't know how they got our logo, but they use it on everything that we that we do. I think they just stole <laughs> it from our email signature, and I think they got that photo from LinkedIn. So they're just like stealing all my <laughs> shit. Which is fine as long as the check clears. <laughs> no, no, you're spot on. We need to get new headshots. You and I, that's like the next thing. That's the next yeah. step in this process. But I don't have a mustache one. No, you don't. You look like you're 12. And I actually, this week, I hinted to some of my coworkers. I was like, I'm kind of getting over the whole maintenance. It takes 30 minutes a week to shape this up, get it all prim and proper. I was like, ah, can I make it through the summer? It's hot boy summer, you know? But You uh, got it. Yeah. Come Calmer on the podcast next week. Calmer heads prevailed. 
Palmer, come to the next week, week's podcast with a naked face. Let's see what that looks like. I don't think I've done one on here. No. Oh, I was telling you that uh, in a couple episodes ago, that San Antonio does have a really great alumni chapter. There was a bunch of people at Chicken and People. It was crazy. And in Fort Worth, it was raining cats and dogs yesterday. There was 63 people or something like that. So Jeez. shout out San Antonio. No kidding. And like uh, you get the I imagine you get the emails. I still get the emails all the time from the alumni chapter in San Antonio asking me to do things and like give money. So, I mean, solid group, solid group in South Texas. Glad. Uh, and, yeah, you know, it makes sense, too. I'm surprised the Austin base is not stronger. I think there's well, the, and that a bunch of like T-shirt fans. There's always been a bunch of Bob Horns and other stuff. We know one actually, too. Jack Rodriguez is champion of our fantasy league. <laughs> He's going to grad school at UT, but, you know, uh, he's wearing a lot of Longhorn gear lately, Jack. I know. A bobcat that kind of Don't forget where you Texas came from, buddy. Started putting on the orange. Yeah, I know. I'll tell you, he's not going to get away with that next time we see, see him in person. He's going he's gonna to have a Texas State shirt that we're going to force him to wear. Not Maybe not force him to wear, but he will be putting maroon on on that campus. Might not like be this. the maroon that those guys hate, but it, he will be wearing something maroon. You'll like this. Two-time All-American and Texas State record holder Claude Mathis was named to the 2024 College Football Hall of Fame. Like, you know, he got a vote in there. So pretty cool. Wow. Pretty he cool got voted, say. but is he voted in? He Wait, got a vote. So this is my thing, right? Like, now Texas State is in the headlines again as a program of football. And it's not just they suck again. Oh, no. We suck again. <laughs> you know, so, like, that moves forward, I think, a lot of things. You know, a lot of these guys who perhaps were ma- waiting on a bunch of these lists are now getting pushed forward because the program has light again. Mm. Uh, so let's not turn off and down, no? I don't know. Maybe. I, I The College Football uh, Hall of Fame follows me on Twitter, and I did really? ask them one time. Yes, I did ask them one time in the DMs what I would have to do to get Brian in there. Is that I mean? He was um, incredible. He's like on the top ten for tackles uh, as a linebacker. And I was like, like in college football history, and I was like, hey, what do I have to do in there? And they said, I'm an intern. I will run this up the pole. So totally cool. We'll see what happens. I've never heard anything back. That was three years ago. But you know, we've had a couple of big changes since then. Pandemic yeah. happened. Uh, Brian is now uh, working in in Colorado. Like, there's a lot of different things that happened. But I will be. I will be revisiting this if you what you say is true and that if Texas State is good, that we get a little bit more juice for our alum trying to get into these like prestigious halls. What I need to do is email the Sun Belt and be like, hey, can you add us to your media list so we can do whatever we want even more than what we're doing now at this point? Because, we, you know, this is the Republic of Football podcast, so we have some of our Texas State swag all the way up. Juice. Yeah. Juice. So shout out. More coming. Uh, we actually all got pulp. We actually got an email from Chris talking about going to media day, but I think it's in like Carolina or somewhere over there, Mississippi, somewhere, somewhere like that. Wait, some about media, media days in Mississippi. Yeah. You want me to look it up? I'm going to look Dude, it up. Talking out of my ass. The best weekend of my life. One of the best weekends of my life was going to New Orleans to cover the Sunbelt media day. And it was in New Orleans. It was fun. It was great time had by all to have it in Mississippi. feels like a step down to be completely honest with you. They should just have it at the campus of whoever won the Sunbelt the last time. That would be the way to do it. And then that's another incentive for these teams to continue to try to win things. You know what I mean? Oh, it's in New Orleans. Yeah, there it once, is. Once again in New Orleans. So 
football side of the Sun Belt not buying into Pensacola. <laughs> no, and they shouldn't. They should not buy into Pensacola. The league office is in New Orleans. It's it's in the office buildings at Mercedes-Benz Stadium, or I guess wherever they're calling it now, the Superdome. It's it's in that those offices. So, like, that's where we have it. That's where we should have it. That's where we should continue to have it. Yeah, the Sun Belt has re- a, arranged a host hotel block at the Sheraton New Orleans. So I didn't do that. I stayed at a hostel one time. Yeah, I know you did. Shout out, Brandon. That was Snow. fun. <laughs> they should make the yeah. They should make the media member stay at a youth hostel. A youth hostel would add add to the nuance. There's nothing more elite than elite sports. What do I mean by that? Well, it's really cool what they have done. They partnered with some of the best Texas State athletes to give them money back with these new NIL deals, the Wild Wild West. Right. One of the guys they just partnered with is not only one of the best wide receivers in the Sun Belt. He might be one of the best wide receivers in the country. That's Ashton Hawkins. Here's the deal. Go to Elite Sports. Use code SQUARE. Code SQUARE like the Squaring Around podcast, right? Code SQUARE. And you end up giving money back to the athletes and also help some of your favorite podcasters, me and Jacob, right? Elite Sports, where you want to go to do all of your shopping when it comes to Texas State. Friend of the podcast, Savion Patton got invites to the Falcons and the Titans, home of Aaron Brewer. Long time, Texas State. Great. Uh, that was pretty cool. I got to talk to our boy Project Pat again, too. Just slid in his DMs real quick and be like, hey, what's going on? Congratulations, buddy. Congratulations. Trying to be, the last trying to be buddy, buddy with a Hall of or a NFL player. The last time Savion, or the last one, I should say, Savion retweeted was the Falcons one. So I'm not sure which one he ended up picking, but I guess we'll find out in the next two weeks. I mean, he's one of the best XFL defensive linemen, so he's going to be somewhere, I think. See, what's the, what's the, the minimum? I think it's like $700,000 a year. <laughs> the, so, the, the it's like whatever. I, yeah. it's like, I don't think it's... Club, I think it's seven hundred thousand dollars is the minimum contract. Maybe seven thousand dollars is the minimum yeah. contract. I don't think it's seven hundred thousand dollars minimum salary. You give somebody half a million dollars minimum salary for a player on the active inactive list. Seven hundred five thousand dollars. Seven hundred and five thousand dollars. Jeez Louise. For a player not on an active and inactive list is four hundred thirty thousand. God damn, I should have been an NFL linebacker, dude. That's crazy. And then then guess what? They just fucking start turning out podcasts once they're done playing. They start on microphones. Golly. It's like when you retire from the NFL, they give you a microphone. They say, saturate the market. The more voices, the less odds of like bad things like coming out about us. No, I, I mean, shout out to him, man. And like, it's cool to watch this path, watch this journey, you know, because everybody has a different path to get where they're going to see his path and like watch him walk it right now to get where he wants to go is really, really inspiring and really cool. If you want to watch that whole interview, that's on our main site. You can follow us on Twitter at square and pod. Check it out. It's in our little bio there. Just click on our podcasts on Apple or Spotify. Um, I remember that year that he did not play. Cause I was like, what happened to Savion? And literally people forgot about him. <laughs> that's, that's what, that's what the whole purpose of that interview Whenever a scout had came to ask about one of my teammates, and he had uh, told me that the scout had said, uh, what happened to the number 88 guy? And then uh, I said, what did, what did he say after that? After you told him what happened to me? And he was like, yeah, man, I was asking, man, because uh, a bunch of guys forgot about him. And so mm-hmm. like, that like put something in me. I'm like, yeah. And so I literally got on my wall to today, like on a note, uh, like a sticky note, and they, they forgot about me. Is he was talking to scouts and stuff, and they were like, hey, what happened to that Savion Patton kid? People forgot about him. So – 
Now he's sure. definitely making sure people remember him forever. I kind of remember that conversation because we were in your office and you were asking about certain players. And then there was like two guys who had graduated, Savion who wasn't playing, and like another guy who was in, injured too. And I remember you just listed these guys off being like, what's this guy doing? Because I was like, I very distinctly remember us having a graduation like send off for them to be like, these guys are gone. So I was like, you know, that's disappointing. But yeah, I know it's Savion, man. I'm, I'm happy for you, dude. Keep it up. And then uh, don't forget to come back on the podcast. We get, what is it, like six home games, right? It's like half and half, six yeah. for home and away. And I've always thought Texas State did a really poor job at scheduling their homecoming and scheduling their senior night. Because senior night, for some reason, was always like uh, South Alabama or Southern Miss. And then homecoming was like ULM or, yeah, basically ULM for like three years in a row, uh, even when I was on the homecoming court. But... Yeah, I don't know what's up with that. Because I remember, too, like going back to that conversation about seniors, I remember senior night, we just got our asses kicked for like three years in a row. Even Brian's year. Well, especially Brian's year. Especially Brian's year. Don't say even Brian's year. Especially Brian's year, bro. Like, it was, uh, it was a tough time, man. Uh, you know, that's athletic department issues. Uh, normally, I always said that you'd want to have your homecoming for like the biggest game of the year. The biggest game of the year will always be the UTSA game, right? So when UTSA comes to town, that's nine times out of ten, but you also don't want to have the homecoming game be, like, the third game of the season. I don't think that that's a terrible idea to have the homecoming game the third game of the season, but, you know, I from a marketing standpoint, you want to, I guess, have that as its own event. ULM, not the best team to have as your homecoming. Arkansas State, probably not the best, but again, it comes back to this, like, thing where Texas State fans, I don't think, respect the Sun Belt enough. That, like, because we are the far west outpost, that we don't have that regional connection that, like, Troy and South Alabama have, or App State and Coastal have, where it's, like, kind of next to each other. Because we don't have those regional rivalries. It doesn't have the same type of vibe as a conference, but it is one of the best conferences in college football, especially at the group of five level. So, or I should say one of the most competitive conferences from top to bottom. So, uh, that's part of the thing, too, I think, that... if you put Southern on the schedule as like the homecoming game, it should be a team that like people come to want to want to see. But uh, you know, sometimes Bobcat fans don't. You live, you love, whatever. In track news, Zimmel, NCAA nationals was last week. I broke, how do boys do? I broke our record for ruining somebody's career basically before they go the next week. Uh, Chris Preddy is an All American, second team All American. Uh, also Elizabeth. I was also talking about, too, in that same podcast. Uh, she throws a hammer, and she broke, like, the Icelandic record. She was, like, seventh in the country, first-team All-American. Cedricia Wynn, who we've been talking about all year, uh, is honorable mention for the All-American list. I forget how flooded it is as a runner. Like, everybody in the country runs. It's crazy. Like, when you add an athletic department, first thing you add is a track department <laughs> or a track program, and everybody can run. It's amazing. So, shout-out to the track team for continued success. I think this is a, the most uh, people that we've sent to the NCAA finals, uh, nationals in, what is it, since 2017. That's pretty good to have three. Two of them are freshmen, by the way, too. So more records to come, especially from a boy, and, Chris Preddy. And to get past the Jacob Rodriguez curse is such a huge win for this program. The <laughs> fact that Jacob has, at every turn, tried to find ways to reverse jinx and curse our beloved Bobcats to get these guys to have him on the podcast, I told you when he came on. I was like, "We, you said it to him. <laughs> yeah, this could be a bad idea. I'm glad that it worked out. 
Well, I've always been a proponent of the Charles Austin curse. I think this university uh, needs to pray more reverence to our brother, uh, Charles Austin, Olympic champion for the high jump. Even though we have the even the street, the street's not enough for you. You the want more street, street in town. It's right behind the baseball field. If anytime there's a train, you're screwed literally both ways on the side of town. Also, it's like what is it, caddy corner to like a Walgreens and then the dog park that's like never cleaned. And every once in a while, when it's super windy in San Marcos, it just kind of smells like shit in that area. You know what? You laid it out for me. I'll take it. I'll yeah, say that now I- it's gonna be really nice though once the baseball like stadium is like revamped and softball gets some swag out of that too. And then uh, since now that they've, I guess, redone the university event center too, that whole like end of the street is really nice. And you get a bridge now too, which we didn't have when we were in college for like yeah. two years. Yeah. I mean, uh, what would you rather, where would you rather it be? Where would I rather it be? Yeah. I don't know. I guess Cause there's an easy answer here. Cause there's one street that like is really important. But that one's not going to get changed. That'd be LBJ. You're not oh. changing LBJ. Oh, yeah, for sure. No, no. So it's like there's only so many good streets in San Marcos. There's not a whole lot of them that are around the campus. Sesame. I, I really like that uh, Wonder World turn. Still, I remember going through that on a golf cart, just battling against traffic, hoping I didn't get hit by a Texas State bus. What about Sesame? Would you change Sesame to to Charles Austin Drive? Oh, Sesame's pretty cool too, but I don't know. Okay. I like I said, I, I agree with you. It's a kind of a crappy area, joke intended pun intended. Uh Maybe with the dog park. Side of the track. Maybe somewhere closer to the track. How about that? Or around the stadium. Make that be a Charles Austin drive. Mm. Okay. All right. That's fine. I like that. What's that like bus that. route? It's like stadium drive or something like that. Whatever. Mm-hmm. Change it to Charles Austin Drive. Drag okay. drive. But then you want something named Stadium Driver. Whatever they end Not up bad. naming that stadium, you want to name it that too, I'm sure. Elon Musk way. Elon Musk way. Elon Musk way. <laughs> uh, I want to talk about, we've talked a lot about country music. I want to talk about country music and baseball. Uh, the Texas Longhorns, as we all know at this point, lost in a crazy super regional against Stanford, who Texas State played. <laughs> this is how I'm tying it all back to Texas State last year and lost to, uh, I don't want to say in a similar fashion, but kind of just as sad. Um, but it was so sad that country music star Parker McCollum had to tweet about it. Yeah, I uh, I think that their loss is worse. Yeah, I, I think that the, the way that... Huh? Because they couldn't field the ball? Yes, I think that the way that Texas went out was even sadder. Because the thing is, is that those fans are on such a high horse that when they get knocked off of it, it's a long way to fall. Uh, whereas Texas State was the spunky underdog and came up just short to the evil republic of Stanford. You know Parker what I mean? McCollum, the people's republic way. of Stanford... Parker McCollum, by the way, always reps Cheatham Street Warehouse and stuff. So, you know, he rocks hats and stuff constantly. Just came out with a new album. Give it a stream. Shout out Parker McCollum. Uh, June 12th, he tweeted, possibly the greatest eighth inning in UT baseball history. Immediately preceding that at 10.50 p.m., June 12th, 2023. And possibly the worst ninth inning in UT baseball history. I saw that. I was happy about it. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> and i've been keeping up with college baseball and country music for a while now guy i love to listen to charles wesley godwin uh he's lives in morgantown still which is a college town i guess it's san marcos of west virginia Would dude you- dude let me get don't get me started bigger. or is it much don't get bigger. me started my mom went to morgantown 
I could talk Morgantown for days. Don't get me oh, started on Morgantown. That to, that's a, that's a right. place. That is that is the San Marcos of West Virginia by far. But here's the difference. Where San Marcos is centrally located and can go to San Antonio and Austin, there's nothing like in more like Morgantown's covered by mountains. You can't fly in. You have to fly into Baltimore or DC and then drive, right? So it's kind of like Jonesboro on that way. Here's the deal though. Because it's a party school, like don't get it twisted. It's a party school. It's a party town. Because it's a party town, it's so like distilled. Like and, and Mountaineers are a different breed. You think Bobcats are like partiers? You think Arizona State fans are partiers? West Virginia was the first party school. Like West Virginia and Florida State are the godfather of the party. They burn couches when they win. They burn couches when they lose. Okay. Like this place is incredible. Chef's kiss. Doesn't get better than that. I thought about going there. I looked at the out-of-state tuition. I was kind of turned off by that. Excellent place. And here's the thing. The Texas State women and the Mountaineer women have a thing in common. Big legs because they got all the hills, you know. So all of the legs, super toned in, in Morgantown and at Texas State. So it's so something that brings them together. Don't sell yourself short, uh, short Zimmel. You know, bigger guys, you're carrying the same weight, you know. So <laughs> I, I, yeah, I've seen your calves. You have very nice calves. My calves looked really good till I moved up here. Now that I they they've gone away. The tone, the definition. I used to have the most defined legs. It used to look like a swimmer from the waist down. Wow. And now not anymore. Were you shaved too? Yeah, dude. I look good. Well, anyway, Charles Wesley Godwin, obviously very big West Virginia fan. Because he's there. It's the San Marcos of West Virginia. We just finished telling you guys that. And he loves the baseball team. So he's constantly out on the mound, or not on the mound, but like on the greenway <laughs> pasture with his family enjoying the game. And tweeting about the West Virginia Mountaineers. He also just retweets the same clip, MP3, of him singing Country Road <laughs> every time they win. But they didn't make the College World Series. So his Twitter's a little dry right now. But friends with our friend of the podcast, Zach Lane Bryan. Yeah, no kidding. It's like this is six degrees of separation to like get back to the podcast. I, I enjoy all it. All the way back it. to the podcast. Yeah. Well, because we had a huge conversation with that with Jessica Mullins too. Also on our main feed at Square and Pod. Check it out. I wanted to ask you this. TCU's playing for a college world series title. Uh you're a big TCU guy. Not for practical matters, but because money talks. <laughs> money talks, baby. <laughs> Hypnotoad podcast streaming um, now on all platforms. Would Texas State have been one of the last four teams in had we beaten TCU at home the same day that Trouty got tossed? Ooh, that is a tough one. There's a lot. See, the thing is, there's a lot of good teams. Uh, for the sake of this podcast, I'll say yes. I think, though, in my heart of hearts, I do think that Texas State was, like, first four teams out, they might have been that fifth team. You know what I mean? Like, they I were, eight, they were six all or seven. Like, it. Because we're a fringe team, but like losing those last whatever games, mm-hmm. not sweeping ULM too, probably didn't help. And then getting skunked out against uh, Louisiana. Yeah. It, like like I said, if, it, if you do a first four out, right, Texas State would be the next four out. Like we were, we were in the top 10 of teams that didn't make it, but we wouldn't, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, But TCU, like that is to talk Texas State, right? What TCU is doing right now, being bad at pitching all year, not having any real hitting until like the last end of the season, the end of the season. And now everybody's kind of like playing their best baseball. That is the key to Texas state. Cause Texas state, I think has a similar situation 
where the pitching was kind of so-so, the hitting was a little bit so-so, like there was not everybody was hitting at the same time. Right now, TCU, all the pitchers, for whatever reason, are pitching really well, and uh, the hitters are finally making contact. And I think that's like when we talk Texas State baseball in the future, that's going to be something that we look at. It's going to be like, okay, yeah, the team has done this, this, and this in the month of May, but in April, May, or I should say in, in April, but May and June is really when you need to play your best baseball. And if we see a guy – um, I don't know. I'm just trying to whatever. If we see a guy that's hitting 218 the first two months and then starts looking closer to a 400 hitter in the back half, that's something you pay attention to, right? Like it's not, you know, because if he can keep that up, those are the type of guys that can help you get to the World Series or just playing super regionals. And that's really what Texas A should be doing is just consistently being a super regional team. Because then if things fall your way, a guy gets hurt on the other team. Um, another team has a batting slump or whatever. All of a sudden, you end up in in Omaha. You know, it's it's not an impossible task. Uh, it is really hard though. So I guess we need Randy Rogers, George Strait. Insert another. Maybe Parker McCollum adopts Texas State uh, to start tweeting about us. Andrew we, Zimmel. Yeah, we do tweet about this team though. We... Andy Bob. This is my country music persona. Andy Bob. Andy Bob. He makes folk music. <laughs> Streaming now on all platforms. Well, um, that's why I also appreciated Texas State baseball uh, making this graphic, which I think is the craziest reach graphic we've seen in a while. (laughs) (laughs) Graphic that says winning italicized. The Bobcats have set two new program bests overall, 83 and home 51 victories in a two-year span. It's like that's a very random span. So the joke is, and for those of you that don't know, the joke is is that ESPN Stats and Info will put the most weird stats out. It's like Tuesday night at 73 degrees, Mike Trout hits the ball 500 feet, right? Which is such such a niche stat. Like, it's so microscopic, and that is what that is. It is the, like, Penn State has had a player in every Super Bowl except for XYZ. Texas State has broken this record, this program record of wins in a two-year span at home, it's like, okay, cool. What do I do with that information? Like super, <laughs> super niche, super niche. Like that's not something I can bring up at the bar. Like if I'm sitting next to, let's say it's me, a TCU fan and a Texas fan and me and a Texas fan are having beers and the TCU fans giving us grief about going to the world series. I can't turn to him and go, Hey, guess what? <laughs> Texas state has won 81 games at home over the past two years. This doesn't have the same juice as like we're back to the World Series or TC or uh, Texas being like we've had a team. What was there? They had a niche stat too. They were like we've had a team play in every playoff of every sport in the calendar year of 2023, and it was like what the hell does that even mean? That's like, kind of cool. It's like the guy who owns the Nuggets, but he also owns the Avalanche and the, <laughs> the everything else, and so yes. he's like, I have a title in every single sport. Okay. I, I, but it was like, it was so like, okay. So they, they went to the, they, they sent somebody to the, or the championships in NCAA women's golf. And you're like, cool, man. I'm glad. I'm glad that you're, you're having success as a program over there. Uh, but like, are you playing next Saturday? You're not. That's tough. Good Who luck. The NIT of golf, Texas State. Just saying. Did everybody. we really? Yeah. Remember the national. Oh, I forgot about that. Club. See? That's the problem with this school, man. Hang the banners. Hang the banners. Put the we, banner up. We have man, a few I lapses, I think. I haven't been in Strand since we played Louisiana, actually. Funny enough, we played the Cajuns, and I was at that game for the Jeff Foster night. Um, but I didn't really look up. Somebody reminded me that Karen Chisholm's was somehow uh, remembered. 
I think we should still do more. We just should be like Karen Chisholm Stadium or something. Not rem- not remembered. Yeah. Memor- not memorialized. Not memorialized. She's alive. Even more. She's alive. She's out here kicking. You she's know what getting, they need to do? Here's what the they need to do. Again, probably for the football game entrances. Here's what they need to do. And I, this is a super simple one here. All right. There's, there's got to be a goodwill in San Marcos or the surrounding area where they have a bunch of bad golf clubs. Send us a putter and send us a little, like a little one of those wall banners and has golf NIT. And we can put it up right behind Jacob's head. And that'll be our reminder that the golf team has this like national invitational tournament championship. Yeah, I might go to you Hobby Lobby and make one myself. Exactly. The get, the, get the print on or the, uh, the iron on letters. Iron onto a felt deal. I like the idea. I don't think it's a bad idea. Yeah. I mean, we're going to do it before them for sure. So also, by the way, the golf coach for the men's side is the only uh, coach that does not have a contract. He's technically an hourly employee. I thought it was a volunteer position. (laughs) I guess. I don't know. I was weird because they make the same amount, the men's coach and the women's coach. So I was just wondering. Mm. Shout out title nine. Also, the women's coach, they the women's team as a whole actually did very well this season too. They won a couple tournaments, so they've always. I felt like they've always been like good. They've they been just, better than the tennis team for sure. Oh my god, yeah. I don't know why Rue didn't want to be the golf beat writer. Decided to be the women's tennis beat writer. <laughs> it's like that was on a plate for him. He could have been the golf. Go ahead. If you're a golf reporter, you literally have the best job in the sport. You just hang out at a golf course all day, eat the sandwiches, drink the punch. And then tally the scores when they come in. It's like a pretty much a day on the course. You're just walking around, you know? Okay, and you get to hang out with people. Because, like, then when they come in from the course and they're at the 19th hole or whatever and they're having a couple, well, now I got some stock tips. You know what I mean? It's, it's That's what the tennis – or that's what the uh, golf writer gets. What does the tennis writer get? Just get to fucking hang out. It's not you fun. Get, that's not a get, fun job. You get yelled at by Novak Djokovic over COVID protocols and other things. Even yeah, you dude, you're just like, that. I'm here to do my job, and I'm getting yelled at? This doesn't seem fair. Also, isn't it weird that Wimbledon is played on grass? I've always been kind of freaked out that balls can bounce like that on grass. What the hell's that? Mm-hmm. Whatever. Jacob, I'm looking for a gift for my dad. Me and my brothers, we're trying to go in, get him some clothes. You know, he's always going to barbecues. What do you think? Well, hey, man, you can head to Homefield and get them anything you want from there. They got pro gear. They got college gear. And if you use code SQUARE, new users get 15% off. Returning users get 10% off all orders. So pretty sick. That's great. Yeah, give back to us. And just help your dad for the download. University of Minnesota grad. I know they got really cool gopher gear over there for him, so I might have to check that out. Texas State fans, be on the lookout. I'm not saying it's coming. I'm just saying. It's coming. <laughs> um, those are pretty much all the Texas State headlines I wanted to get through. I did want to talk to you about your book, Andrew. People probably didn't notice <laughs> know this about yourself, uh, but you have been like dedicating a lot of time to writing this book all about your professional radio experience and ultimately kind of like a form of mentorship for the next generation, even though you're really like continuing to build your own path in radio, which is pretty interesting because like I feel like I've learned a lot in my career. And I could easily pass that down to myself, too. I have not written a book about that at all. So what, what have you learned about yourself and your own like career through doing this like task for yourself? It's a good reminder. You know what I mean? Like I, you write the stuff down, you get the advice from the people um, and like the different radio hosts that you talk to, the different program directors you talk to. And they'll give you like 
be patient, work hard, talent, right? But there's like so much more than that. And that was the that was the thing that like when I was learning how to get into this business, there wasn't a book, right? Like there's not a book on sports talk radio. There's a bunch of books on play by play. There's a ton of books on sports casting. There's not a book on just talk radio. And I was like, this is something that needs to exist. I want to put it out there. Uh, the pandemic was really when I started thinking about it and I started writing it. Um, and then for the last three years, I've been just chipping away at it. And it really is just like a book for somebody like me, I think, that like an 18, 19-year-old who's trying to get into the business who doesn't know how or somebody even in their 30s or 40s who wanted to do sports talk and just never learned how to do it, right? Or nobody helped them along the way. You know, I know media is one of those things where like if you don't have somebody to kind of help you guide you, like you don't know what you're doing right. You don't know what you're doing wrong. You're just kind of doing it. And you hope that an audience finds you, but there are ways to have an audience find you and there's ways to get better. Right. And that's what this book is. Um, it's, it's just a, it's the sports radio Bible. You can, at this point, I'm hoping purchase it anywhere. It's coming out soon. Um, it's, it's a book that like is available for anybody who is trying to get into sports talk or really sports talk media in general, because there's a pot, there's an entire episode on pot or an entire chapter, I should say on podcasting. Like, what do you how do you start where do you begin and i mean it's stuff that you and i use on this on this podcast you know what i mean it's stuff that we know how to make it look good how to make it sound good where should you put it all that type of stuff so it's a uh, you know it's it's been a passion project of mine i'm glad to be done on on to the next thing you know that's a, that's kind of what i wanted to ask you about too next is like the thing that you do is very traditional it's like one of the first forms of media being on the radio for the talkies and stuff like that and what I do is also very traditional too. Um, but I think what you're doing is like innovating a lot faster than TV right now. Cause standard TV is still kind of like what you come to expect. It's like the Ron Burgundy type on TV and then producers writing stuff. And I think that's going to really drastically change in the next few years. Cause like people are just consuming things differently and radio in a lot of ways has already kind of changed for the better too, in that way. Like now, like Spotify has like an AI DJ. Like there's so much innovation happening on the radio side, audio format specifically. Like what do you think really is next? You know, like what's the next iteration of this book? Well, so what's funny is that I, you know, I was saying to a friend of mine, I said like in five years, I'll have to rewrite this entire thing, right? But I don't think I am because I think that I put enough in here that's like forward thinking that it will it will stay kind of true to like what it is. What's funny is that you said that you think radio is going in the right direction. I thought for the longest time it wasn't. You know what I mean? Like between podcasts, radio stations were some of the first or some of the last people to get on the podcast train. Like radio stations weren't putting out podcasts. They're finally getting to the point now where they have stopped being, um, they've stopped being just radio stations. They started becoming media hubs, right? Like we saw newspapers do it. I think first where it was like, okay, we have our writers. Now they're going to do podcasts. Now they're going to do web shorts. Now they're going to do these other things. And TV stations have always taken their scripts and kind of put them online as like, okay, here's our, we did it on the TV. It's on online for you as well for free. Right. And we'll put clips online for free. But I think radio stations are turning into like media hubs. And the other thing is, and I put this in the book, national talk radio is starting to go away. The local talk radio is making a big resurgence where you don't want to hear about Colin Cowherd tell you about Texas State. You want to come to Jacob and I to talk to you about Texas State. You don't want to hear Jim Rome tell you about the Cowboys. You want to hear the Cowboys beat writer or the Cowboys reporter tell you about the Cowboys. And, um, you know, I think that that is a big shift 
And I think a lot of these local stations are going to find out very quickly, especially in larger markets, that it's more advantageous for them to be 100% local all the time, or at least the 12 hours that people are awake, 6 to 6, than it is to be a national talk radio station in Austin or San Antonio. Yeah. Well, I guess when I say like radio is innovating, I don't mean like the industry as a whole. I mean like specific people, like the U types and like other like people that are in radio that can make formative change or are just willing to take risks on themselves, like are doing it. And that ultimately is good for the entire industry because as you're seeing right now, like iHeart, Cumulus, they're all dialed in on podcasts now because that's a huge moneymaker. Mike Taylor talks about it every week. His podcast is like one of the best in the world, apparently. This is not a bit. Last Friday's show that I hosted was my last one on Ticket 760 and iHeartRadio, uh, 15 and a half years. This is not a bit. That was it. I really am no longer at iHeart, no longer with Ticket 760. Um, my show's not done. I'm simply moving everything over to my YouTube stuff. Starting next week, uh, Monday through Friday, Mike Taylor Live on Love You Hard TV will still be a big old thing. I'm not keeping track of that, so I have no way to fact check that. But um, yeah, no, I think I think you're right. Like I have a barber; he's a huge conspiracy theorist, but he's dialed in too. Like he, like I think the next wave of media is going to be true, like niche journalism, like stuff like this, like where we're really dialed in on a specific subject. Like we're quote unquote experts on this thing. That's why people are coming to us. Well, I always think about the ProPublica format, where like they have writers who are just dedicated to like this city council or like this city politics or the athletic for the longest time they tried to just kill journalism by just saying like okay we're going to be the number one spot which didn't work and they're falling apart right now but i do think that niche niche sports media is like the way to go um and but the other thing is it's just talent and hard work too you know like that's the other part that like the equation that nobody talks about is that every one of the hosts that i talk to talks about how lucky they are to get their job and but after that first 10 minutes of how lucky they are they'll go through the i started in bowling green or i started in fargo north dakota or i started in you know wherever and then they had to work their way up and that's the part that nobody talks about is like how much hard work is in there and that's what i write about in the book too is that like it is it's a hard journey and i have our favorite quote do you want to what's the quote that you and i bounce back and forth to each other all the time from a, a, a incredibly smart individual shit sucks but you know what they say shit sucks no out. no no no. that's that's my quote no the, it's the it's the iconic line from a philosopher and comedian bill burr all you got to do you just got to commit to this shit and uh and then realize that you know sleeping on futon when you're 30 is is not the worst thing it isn't you don't see you know what's worse than sleeping on futon at 30 sleeping in a king bed Next to a fucking woman you're not really in love with, but for some reason married, and uh, you got a couple of kids, and you got a job that you fucking hate. Okay, you'll be laying there fantasizing about fucking sleeping on a on a on a, uh, on a futon. There, there's no risk when you go after a dream. It's all fucking reward. It's all going to lead to something good. It always does. There's a tremendous amount of risk to playing it safe, and uh, that leads to unbelievable levels of regret which is something else i've also experienced because i'm an old motherfucker the uh, i would gone? rather did i would rather billy burr in this one i did quote billy burr in there i said i would you would rather sleeping on a futon living the dream than living in a sleeping in a queen-size bed and hating your job and hating your life
Yeah, so. His podcast and Mark Maron's podcast were some of the first like podcasts, aside from Joe Rogan. I've been listening to Joe Rogan since I was a little 13-year-old loser watching these guys get high on the internet. Um, but like those podcasts to me stick out so big because it's just personality driven and then they know something you know they know something about a lot of things and for us like that's why you're coming to this podcast because we know a little bit and we're okay to make fun of people and create relationships and you know do all that jazz Mm -hmm. exactly so if you're if you are interested in doing something like this if you're like hey i'm thinking about starting a podcast hey you know i want to get into sports talk radio sports talk bible available exclusively on amazon sweet awesome man super proud of you I haven't been able to interview one of my friends in a long time. So that was a really fun exercise. Um, yeah, man, that's pretty much all the headlines that we're getting through. I kind of burned through all of the content that I had stashed away. So who the hell knows what we're going to do next week? Stay tuned to figure it out. <laughs> right around. We'll come back. We'll come back and talk about the next big book that Zimmel's writing. <laughs> yeah, the next big book with media flips overnight. <laughs> Secession style. This is Squaring Around on the Republic of Football Podcast Network. Thanks for listening. Follow us online. I will say, Andy, we've collected a lot of OnlyFans uh, content creators as followers. I'd like legitimate people. <laughs> Follow us at Square and Pod today. <laughs> Thanks for listening. New episodes out every Thursday. Follow the boys on Twitter. Eat them up. Eat them up. Eat em up.